0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to Mark chapter 4 today. We were there last week. I'm going to continue talking about the cares of life. And how and about the fact that we need to keep them out of our heart. Because they do great damage if they're just let to run loose inside of our life, inside of our heart, they'll end up stealing from you and robbing from you, and, and you know taking things that you can, you need. Amen. Spiritually, and uh, and and we'll just talk about that again today. Is that all right? Did you get something the last time? Or all right, Mark chapter four. Go there. We read these verses last time. We'll launch off from here again. Jesus is talking about the sower sowing the word. And he said, these are they which are sown among thorns. Well, thorns is the curse. Such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, it chokes the word and the word becomes unfruitful. Did you know the word can become unfruitful in your life? And it says that these things, it lists three things. There's other things that the Bible talks about have an effect on, you know, uh, your harvest. But I want, you know, these three things, it talks about choke the word. And it talks about the fact that uh, the cares of this world, the the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. You know, of course, you know, we got to know God's not against you having riches. The devil, the devil is. Against, you know, um, Brother Oral Roberts used to say this when he was alive. He told, he told ministers, he said, the devil will fight you every inch of the way for real estate. Because he didn't want the church owning anything in the earth. And you find out most of the media doesn't want us to own anything either. You know, well, some of them anyway. Maybe not most. But, uh, but there's, no, there's enough. There's enough you know, don't think we should own anything, you know, we should just be poor, and broke on the backside of the tracks and not have, you know, any money or, amen, God forbid an airplane. I mean, there's a lot of Christians choke over that because they just get their cues off the world, but, uh, you know, you ought to have an airplane if you need an airplane, <laughs> one preacher was talking about an airplane one time because he needed an airplane for his ministry. Not every minister needs an airplane. All right, let's, Dr. Barkley talks about a guy he went to preach for and he said, I want to show you my airplane. So, you know, a guy passed a large church. He said, so he shows me his airplane, you know. And he said, nice, nice plane. He said, how many times do you use this? He said, oh, a couple times a year. Doc said, you ought to be ashamed. What do you mean? He said, you don't need this you should sell this and give this money to the gospel or give this plane to somebody that needs it. Yeah, yeah. He didn't need one. but certain, certain, certain do, you know, and the world chokes over that. But praise God, God's, God's, not, God's, God's not against the church having money. Matter of fact, I was reading a scripture. I, I, I preached a dear friend of mine, his uh, minister friend of mine, his father went home to be with the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, I preached part of his funeral uh, the other day. And uh, I thought about him because I thought, man, the the Scripture came to me made me... that When I I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, the Scripture kind of describes him as where David said, you know, I've set my affection on the house of of my God. Mm -hmm. And uh, because this man loved the house of the Lord, you know, and he did work for the house of the Lord, and he'd been building for the house of the Lord. And David said... When he talked about building the temple, he said, this isn't for man, this is for God. This has got to be right. Come on, yeah. Come on we need to adjust our attitudes. How many you know that? Right. Instead of thinking, well, this is, this is just for the church. It, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be all that good. It should be the best. Amen. Right. Yeah. Right. We ought to treat this house better than we treat our house. Come on. Amen. Most people don't think that way, but the Bible thinks that way. David said, I've set my affection on the house of my God, and he said i'm giving of my proper stuff to build this temple and i was just talking to them about this and you know about how much david gave to build the temple you know the uh, one that solomon built david david got that thing started you know he gave and this is uh, when you read uh, when you read what he said he gave uh, in modern terms it comes it comes out to he gave $851,192,562. Uh, he's got me beat, how about you? By several million. And then in the Psalms, he says, I'm poor and needy. I'm thinking, Lord, make me that poor and needy. But he's talking spiritually, right? You know, he's still, no, I don't care. See, it ne- his money never got to him. His wealth never got to him. He never thought he was a big shot. He still, he still in the Psalms talking about how he needed God and how he was poor and how he was needy. He wasn't, he wasn't financially needy. I mean, anybody can, can cut a check for 851 million It's not hurting. And then he looked at the leaders around him and said, what are you guys going to give? Who else will give to the house of the Lord? Are you all listening to me? Now, I, I want to say something to you, because this, this has to be dispelled from our thinking. And I don't think most of you have this kind of thinking, but it has to be dispelled that we treat God's house lesser than we do our house. That's got to be dispelled, because that's, that's unscriptural. God even told him, and, and, and Haggai, he said, you sow much, you reap little. He said, the reason is, is you've got your houses in good shape, mine's neglected. And he said, that's why you're reaping very little off what you're sowing, see? So, so you, have to, you have to understand that God, God looks at this different, man. I mean, this is this that's why David said, this is his house. Amen. Now, see, David gave $851 million to the house of God, plus some change. And just a hundred, some thousand more, it's just some change, you know. Mere bag of shells, you know. But that's just what he personally gave. That's not what the nation gave. He gave out of the national treasury. That's not what all the other leaders gave. Could you imagine what that house looked like? Oh, my gosh. Amen. Amen. I mean, people went up in orange when Robert Schuler built the Crystal Cathedral. I think... I don't have a problem with that. If you got that money, honestly, let's build, a, let's, let's build it magnificent for God. Right. Hallelujah. Yeah. See, a lot of people choke on that. Christians choke on that. But it's what the bi- that's what they did. That's the Bible pattern. Now, God doesn't have to have that to move. He'll move in that storefront. You know why? Yeah, yeah that's, that's our God. That's the way David was. He, he didn't have to have all that money. It's nice to have it. But the point was, was it didn't change him any. Amen. He's still the same person. So, so, but, but what can happen, see, is you chase after money. It, 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 it literally chokes the word out in your life because it consumes too much of your heart. Then he said the lust of other things. Well, that could be a lot of things, just things that you desire more than you desire God. and The word, it chokes the word out. But then, and this is something we all have to deal with now, the cares of this life. What is that? That's the kids, the house, the car, the dogs, the cat, the lawnmower. Everyday life. We all have to we all have everyday life, right? Right, right? We all have to do so. You have to mow the I have to take the trash out every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. It never fails. Well except when there's a holiday and then they move it back and so but you got your how I many following what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just being a bit light there, but you got your own things you got to do. But what 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 is what is Jesus talking about? When that enters in. He didn't say if you have cares life, he said, no, when it enters in. When it gets a place in your heart, it should not have. Right. Amen. Amen. Just like the scripture we read last week about Martha, you know, and her cooking. Right. Yeah. She let that get a place it shouldn't have. Nothing wrong with cooking. I all the guys said. Amen. Phyllis told me one day, I don't, I don't mind it burnt if you don't. Amen. It's like one minister said. He said, you know, I'm going to build a new house. He says, but my wife spends so little time in the kitchen, I'm just going to put a drive-through window in. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've got one pastor friend him and his wife they go out to eat every day, every every day. amen. So that's what they like. but you know here here's, here's, here's what we're saying. We're saying that all those all those things that we do they can get a place in our heart, that it chokes the word out, the effectiveness of the word. It doesn't mean we still don't like the word or we still don't love the word or we still don't respect the word, but something's taken the place of it in our heart and it's choking that out. And we, and that's why the word doesn't work for us because it's being choked out. Amen. It's just like planting the, a planting the garden, you know. Um, a lot of people like to work, you know, outside gardens. I know Miss Terry likes to work outside and do things. Uh, you know, and, and you learn some things. You, you know, you've you got to keep the weeds out. Amen. See, the great way to have a nice, healthy grass and keep weeds out? Get it thick. You get it so thick, weeds won't grow in it like they do other places. They, they won't flourish. They, they, it chokes the weeds out. We can get so full of the Word, we choke the weeds out. Yeah. Hallelujah. So what I'm talking about now here, and I hope you get this, is I, I'm not talking about that we're, you know, we, we're not going to have carers of life, but they can't, we can't allow them to enter in and take a, a place over the Word. Right? right. That, I, I'm not allowing that. And you have to make this decision. All of us have to make this decision. You have to make the decision. I'm not going to allow that to have that place in my life. Yeah. Amen. And you have to learn not to, to be worried about things. We'll talk about that. Go to or excuse me. Go to Proverbs chapter four. Go there. I want to read this scripture, and this is kind of we're we'll getting into some new stuff here. Proverbs chapter four. Are you with me now? Yeah. Proverbs chapter four. So we just have to make sure that we're not allowing all those things to have a place in our heart and our life that they shouldn't have. Proverbs the fourth chapter. This is a good scripture. You know what? I haven't found a bad one in here yet. <laughs> They're all good. But there's some. They're just so rich. Proverbs chapter 4. Go with me to verse 20 if you would. He said, My son, attend to my words incline your ear unto my sayings. Let me know what God has to say about things is far more important than what we have to say about it. Right? Or some news organization. You know... I went into my dentist's office, you know, the other day, you know, and, uh, you know, when I walk in there, there's the waiting room, and I, you know, you never know how long you're going to wait. You say, I don't have to wait very long, but you just, you never know. You know, it's called a waiting room. And so it means you're going to wait in this room. And so I reach up there, and I grab a Consumer Reports magazine, and the, the, one of the headlines says, Can You Trust Your Dentist? seriously, I'm not making this up. This is too good to make up. So when I walked back there, there is, I said, do you know what you got in your, your waiting room? What? You have an article that says, can you trust your dentist? I said, that should not be in your waiting room. He goes, I read it. It's okay. (laughs) We had a good time with it, you know, and uh, I said, man, I'd get that out of there if I was you can. You trust your dentist. I said, man, that, you know, it starts putting doubts in your mind as soon as you step in the door here. And uh, I said something to him, you know, because a lot of people don't realize this, that, you know, the people that write those articles, people that you see on the news, you know what I'm saying, behind that desk or behind that microphone, do you know what they are? They're people just like you that have an opinion. But we have, people have set them up as authorities. Right. Some athlete talks about politics and, and, and like they're an authority. Right. Right. And, the whole, and, and America is so, we're so celebrity minded. Maybe you're not, but people are. It, it's even that way in a church. You get so celebrity minded. Th- those people are no different than you are. Right. They're giving you their opinion. How right. I many of their opinion could be wrong? <laughs> And most time it is. In a lot of cases, it really is. It's just So, you, you know, just because there's an article, people have to say, oh, Pastor Scott, I saw it on the Internet. <laughs> you know, when we were young, you know, it really put some weight on it if, if, you, say, if, you, if you use the word as seen on TV. <laughs> Me old enough to remember those. You know, that out, you know as seen on TV, like it, it gave it some weight. Well, I think that those of us that have some discernment about us and have been in the Word and have... You know our senses discern between good and evil by the word of God. We've picked up really quick that you can't you can't trust you can't trust anything the world says is final authority. You got to go to the book, right? So we got to decline our ear to what He said, Amen. Not what they're saying, Amen. Everything's suspicious to me if it if it doesn't come from a godly source, Amen. Right. So you got to go to the source. You know, somebody one time brought somebody to the church and they were uh, like a, I don't know, a psychic kind of thing. They heard voices and did things like that. And so they brought them to church. And this was a young believer. She, she, you know, she's just on fire for God. She's going to make everybody get saved, you know, whether they want to or not. And this person worked for her. And so she made all of her employees come to our church. I mean, not steady, but she made at least come and put in an appearance. And she pushed brought this person, and she brought her to me. She said, now Pastor Pearl is going to tell you where those voices you hear are of God or not. Thank you very much. That's what she did. Pastor Pearl is going to tell you where those voices you hear are from God or not. I asked her, I said, are you born again? Uh, do you believe that Jesus Christ is, is the, the Son of God? Uh, Do you believe, you know, that he's the way for salvation? She said, well, I believe he was a good man. I believe he was a prophet. I said, well, you believe he's the son of God? Well, no. I said, well, if what you say is true, then he wasn't even a good man. He lied about it. So it can't be both ways. And I said, if you're not born again, those voices you're hearing, they're not from God. Amen. You have to go to the source. Amen? And so wh- the source that we ought to be going to is right here. How many know that? Right. This is a good source. Right. My body says I'm not healed. Well, God said you are. Amen. Now, once again, I want to make this plain because a lot of times people that don't understand don't understand. That was a deep revelation. Why you're just looking at me? <laughs> you know, of course we of course we're not denying sickness. I think sometimes we need to explain it. We're not denying sickness. We're not denying if we have the flu. We're not denying we have the flu. We're not denying that we're sick. We're just saying God's provided healing for us. And His Word says, by your stripes, I'm healed. So that is the ultimate truth. Right? I'm already a citizen of heaven. Did you know that? So are you. But I'm not up there yet. But I am that. Now, I'm already the healed. I may, not be, I may not be. look like it at times or feel like it at times, but that's who I am. Right. Now, if I agree with that, I'll get there. Right. Right? Right, right? I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm not there yet, but I'm going. Right. On, Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, I, every day I get closer to it. Amen. 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 All of us are that way. We're like a jug of milk. There's an expiration date on us. Yeah, yeah. Tick, tock, tick. Tick-tock. No, oh, you're smelling kind of bad. I think you're going bad. I think your expiration date's coming close. I mean, if you're a believer, the good news is... See, some of you like, whoa. No, that's good news because if you're going to heaven, that's right. all you're doing is changing locations. Yeah. You know what Paul said, for me to die, to live as Christ, to die is gain. The word gain means promotion. I'm promoted. So yeah. I, got, I just got promoted. Now down here on the earth, we we see it a little different because you're you're leaving us. You know what I'm saying? You're leaving. Us. We're not going to see you for a while, so we're going to miss you. Right. But on your side, you, you you got. Amen. Come on. You 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 done plum forgot all about us. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Because <laughs> you're up there in the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's a little different. So I, it helps. It does help you, though, when one of your loved ones goes, goes on to know that and to have that firmly right. established in your heart that, yes, I'm going to miss you. Yes, I'm going to shed some tears. Yes, I'm sad you're gone. But, man, uh, I'm crying for me, not you. I'm crying because I'm going to miss you. I'm not crying over you because... You're 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 better off than you ever were. You just got promoted. Right? right yeah. I mean, you know, if Travis came in and said, hey Pastor, I got promoted in my job, man. I'm now I'm I'm now I'm over the whole deal. I got a two hundred thousand dollar a year raise. I'm not gonna go, Oh Travis, that's awful, man. I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that. No, I'm gonna rejoice with him, because yeah, that's yeah. called promotion, right? right. 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 Amen. Amen. Yeah. So we, we, we keep our minds, listen, we, we, verse 20, My son attend to my words, and your you unto my saying. Let them, now listen to this, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them. Listen to this. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Amen. Not the cares of life. Right. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life unto those that find them, and their health to all their flesh. I have this written in my Bible right here. It's I've got it written where it says it's health to all your flesh, it'll fix whatever ails you. Whatever's going wrong in your life, the Word will fix it. Notice this, verse 23, "...keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." In other words, what you have in your life, it it came out of your heart. Now that may not seem like that, but it's really the truth. If God's going to change anything about you, the first thing He does is change what's in your heart. With the heart, man believes. Right? Right? Unto righteousness. How would you get righteous? You had to change what was in your heart. God had to change that. And so if you want to change what you have in life, you have to change what you put in your heart. you got to put the Word in your heart instead of the cares. Well, Pastor, you just don't have as many kids as I do. (laughs) But it, it works the same on one as it does 12. I actually know... We actually know a, 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 a lady, her, 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 her and her husband, pastor the church, he went on to be at the Lord, that so they have 12 kids. None adopted. They're all theirs, all 12 of them. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, you know, Pastor Ingolf that comes here, every year he used to be in the United States on Thanksgiving, he would always go to their house, to eat and he would tell me you cannot imagine the amount of the number of pies are in that house <laughs> cuz you got 12 kids their their spouses their kids i mean you just you know what i'm saying compound interest man i'm telling you it's adding up now and he would tell me, I go over there. He said, I, I always preach for that. I guess he, he maybe purposefully would go up there, they in the Chicago area, and preach for this pastor. He was, he was a wonderful man of God. He went on to be with Jesus now. But uh, preach for him <laughs> and his wife so he could be there for Thanksgiving dinner. Well, you can imagine the amount of food you're going to have. Yeah. And I mean, you can just tell looking at Ingolf how much he eats, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He always wants me to take him. I shouldn't tell this story, but hey. He always wants me, every time he comes here, he always wants me to take him to this one Chinese restaurant. And I told him, I said, man, they have had health violations. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I don't care, Pastor Mark. So I'd take him. And then, and, you know, every time, as soon as I'd pick him up at the airport and he'd get in the vehicle and we'd drive a little ways, i know what's coming. Pastor Mark, can we go to that one Chinese place? Yeah, over and over and over again. Well, one time they were shut down for two weeks. Two weeks. So I made up my mind, I'm not taking him. So I told him, I said, I'm not taking you. So I, I'll take you to another one. I took him to another one, you know. So, so you know, a year goes by, he comes back. I pick him up at the airport. We're driving back to Evansville. Or maybe he was in Evansville. I don't know, but we we're driving away from the airport. And he goes, Pastor Mark, can we go to that one Chinese place? I said, I told you. I said, they have health violations, they've been shut down for two weeks, but if you want to go, I, I will take you. He said, oh, I don't mind, I don't mind. And I told him, they have health violations. He said, I don't mind, I don't mind. And so I told him, I said, listen, I'll take you, but don't you tell anybody I took you there. Which one is it? I'm not going to tell you, we're live streaming, but it's one here in town, probably you're going there after service. But, you know, I go to the buffet, you know, and I've got chicken this, chicken that, shrimp this, shrimp that, you know, teriyaki this, teriyaki that, you know, looks like Pastor Jerry's plate, you know, when he's fasting, you know. <laughs> and, then he, and then Pastor Ingoff comes back from the buffet and he's got like s- salmon and seaweed and ginger. I'm thinking, oh man, how did I get off on this? Go in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Come on, are you getting something today? I was, at, I was after a point, and I don't know what Ingolf had to do with it, but anyway. <laughs> if he ever sees this, he'll thank me for it. Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, go there. Because you, I was saying, you know, one of the things I was talking about before we got off there was that, that what you have in life comes out of your heart. Yeah. What you're putting in, that's what's coming out. You know, a pastor... Uh, he's traveling minister now, but he said, you know, one time he had a lady in his church, she said, Pastor, she said, can you tell me why all this ugliness comes out of me? He said, because it's in you. It has to be in there to come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you have to change what you put inside of you. If you, know, if you have an image of defeat, woe is me, I can't ever get ahead, I can't ever make it, I'm bound by circumstances of life, then that's what's going to come out. And affect your life. You'll never overcome. You have to see yourself. And I'm not talking about some kind of mental, you know, mind science. But By the word, you have to see yourself what God made you to be, which is victorious. Amen. 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 You can be a conqueror, a victor in this life. God can, God can teach you things the world can't teach you. The Bible says we have an anointing that will teach us all things. Well, you know, what does it mean it teaches us all things? That anointing's never taught me about being an auto mechanic. You know what I'm saying? Today they're so tech, I don't know anything about them. The check engine light comes on, I just pull up beside the, the road, lift the hood and say, Yeah, the engine's still here, let's go. Said, <laughs> so check engine, that's still here. Let's go. There you go. So, you know, now I have, I used to, I mean, I have had actually Horses in, me- in mechanics, but motorcycle But my point in saying that is that anointing, I don't need to know that. The anointing's not there to teach me that. The anointing's there to teach me what I need to know spiritually. And I'll tell you something the anointing will help you with your natural job if, 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 if you'll just depend on it. It'll help you. I should say, He will help you. Because the anointing's a He, it's the Spirit of God, see. Now, Let me show you here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Go there because here's something that the devil wants to do to all of us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. I mean, that's the way we're supposed to walk. By faith, not by sight. But did you know a lot of people walk, we know the world does, but a lot of God's people walk by sight, not by faith they expect the same things to happen to them that happens to everybody else. Now, I'm not saying that I'm special. I'm saying He's special, and He's given me an inheritance where I can walk by faith, not by sight. I don't have to live by what I see. I can live by what He said. But here's, here's the thing you've got to know. The devil desperately wants to change this. He wants to take you from walking by faith and get you walking by sight because sight's His realm. He's the God of this world. Right. So if He can get you to walk by sight, then He blinds your minds to the light of the glorious gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get over on His turf. I mean, if you get on the devil's turf, He's going to beat you. Yeah. If you walk by what you see and that's the only thing you walk by, then He's going to beat you. What do I mean, walk by what you see? You, I mean, you just, you, you, whatever, whatever the, the, you see in life, you just allow that to dictate your outcome. The bad news, you allow it to dictate your outcome. The, the negative things, you allow it to dictate your outcome. Instead of taking God's word and standing in faith and changing that. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, when I talk about walk by sight. You know, if people that aren't Christians and don't know anything. You mean you close your eyes? You mean you see a semi coming? You just don't pay any attention to it? No, no. If you do that, then we'll have some place to go tomorrow. Be your funeral, but no, no. We're talking about we don't allow we don't allow the bad news of the world, all of that, to dictate to us. That's right. Amen. Amen. You say, well, you know, this is coming and that's coming. You know, this new disease is popping up. Well, maybe it is, but uh, and this people think you're arrogant when you say this, but I'm not subject to that. I'm not subject to the consequences of that. What if it gets on you? I'm going to believe God for healing. Right? First of all, I believe it doesn't even get on me. But if some way or another it does, then I'm going to believe God's going to heal me. Amen. Now, I've got too many, too many stories and testimonies of this working for people for me to ever change now. We, we don't deny it, but we say, we, we say what the Word says, by His stripes I'm healed. I'm going to believe the, for that to be the final outcome of my life. Maybe I got a diagnosis. Maybe a person gets a diagnosis of bad news. Maybe cancer or something. But did you know what? You you can you can fight the good fight of faith. That's right, amen. Is that not right? You can walk by faith, not by sight. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you deny that you you have that going on in your body. It just means I choose to believe that that's not going to be my final outcome. My final outcome is going to be I'm I'm gonna walk away from this thing healed. Right. Back in 2008, Doctor Barclay's wife Vicky got diagnosed with cancer. The doctor said. To Dr. Barkley, he said, he said, Reverend, I, I just want you to know. He said, this is the worst kind of cancer you can have. It's the most aggressive kind, and it kills most women. He said, we'll do what we can, but I don't think we can save her. That's what he told him. That's bad news, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Dr. Barkley said to him, he said, well, Doc, you do what you can, and we do what we do, mm-hmm. which is believe God. Mm-hmm. So they begin to believe God, trust God. Amen. Are, you, are you listening up?" No, this is, not going to be, this is not going to be her final outcome. The final outcome is going to be by his stripes she's healed. Yeah. Come on, is anybody with me this morning? And so he said, after 30 days, they took her back to the doctor, and the doctor had this, these tables laid out, and he had all this stuff. He may have told this story when he was here. He had all these tables laid out. He had all these x-rays or MRIs, scans, whatever, and he said... He said, now, I want to show you these things. And he's got Dr. Barkley and Miss Vicky in there. And he says, now, this is what a body looks like with cancer. And uh, these, see these here. And, then, and then, then then, right here, this is a body. This is what it looks like without cancer. And he's just taking his time. And Dr. Barkley says something to him, like, to the effect, like, Doc, will you just forget all that? He said, what are you trying to say? So that's what a body looks like without cancer. With cancer, that's what a body looks like with cancer. Just cut to the chase and tell me what you're trying to say. The doctor said, Reverend, let me ask you a question. Yes, he says, do people interrupt you when you're preaching? (laughs) Dr. Burke said, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> so this is what a body looks like when it has cancer. This is what a body that looks like when it doesn't have cancer. He says, so what are you trying to say? He said, I'm trying to tell you this picture here is Vicky's body with cancer. This picture here is Vicky's body without cancer. It's gone. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Well, listen, I've heard that story. Listen, not that particular story, but I'm talking about it, from different people numerous times there's miss terry sitting back there who fought the good fight of faith i was so impressed by her really maybe a little convicted by her strong faith when she would just give you you how you doing she'd just tell you man what she was expecting right She may tell you what the doctor said, but that's not what she's expecting to be the outcome. That's what's going on right now, but that's not going to be the end of this story. God writes my story. He writes the end of my story. Thank God for doctors trying to help, but they're not going to write the end of my story. God's going to write the end of my story. I respect the medical field. As a matter of fact, I'm in awe of them at times. But they can only go so far sometimes. Sometimes you've got something they can't fix. Amen. Sometimes you junk your car until you can't fix it. You know, like one guy's wife drove it without water in it for like a day or two. You can't fix it. She fixed it. So, you know, your body has sometimes things that can't be fixed, but God can fix it. He's even got parts. Yep, yep. Amen. Right? I mean, what would you think if, you know, Ford put out a car and, you know, you bought the new car and you went to get parts. Well, we don't make any parts for it. You think, what idiots. That'd be like Ford, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. I said that for Mark's sake. Yeah. No, how many know? They make parts for the vehicles, right? How right. I many think God made your body think he's got any parts? Sure, he can fix it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Well, you know, we get so caught up in religion and the world and the way they think. And, you know, it's like this is terminal. That's terminal. Well, yeah, in a natural is terminal. But the thing of it is you serve a God who is he doesn't he doesn't he, he doesn't use the word terminal. I don't know why the airports use that word. Go to the terminal. Can't you think of another word besides terminal? That sounds terminal. But you understand, you have to put the Word in you. See, Satan wants to get you full of the cares of life so that you walk by them and you don't walk by the Word, and he gets you walking by what you see instead of what the Word says. Now let's look at one more scripture. you Are still with me this morning? Let's go to 1 Peter. We may look at two more scriptures. How about that? Let's go to 1 Peter. We're getting close here, but let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Because this is really how... It's how we, we all have carers. And, and uh, you know, some things need fixed. You can't just... You know, I've said this before. I, I don't remember exactly how I said it, but... Uh, the casting of your care is not the ignoring of your problem. Right. It's the giving it to someone in faith who can do something about it. Right. So it's not like we ignore problems. Problems don't go away because you ignore them. They have to be fixed. You ever have a, I don't know... You ever had a, a leak, guys, maybe in one of your pipes, or just a little bit of a drip, you know, it's not major, but you think, well, maybe it'll go away. I mean, it never goes away, does it? You're going to have to get in there underneath the house. You're going to turn, you're gonna have to turn the water off underneath the house, cut the pipe and fix it. Is that right? Because it's, it's not going to go away. Problems don't just go away. You've got to fix them. But there's some things that you can't fix. But God can fix it. Right? I mean, you know, if I have a flat tire, you know, I don't, I don't pray about it. You know what? Because I, I know the answer to it. I already know the answer. The answer is move all the junk out of the trunk. We got home from, I don't know where we were at. We were out traveling somewhere. We got home and... And I get in the garage and Phyllis has got a flat tire. I mean, it's, but it's only flat on one side. Yeah, it is. But it's pretty flat on that side. It's flat on. And so, it, you know, it's not drivable. And so, you know, I have to, you know, and I'm I'm, not, I mean, I know, I see it's got a nail in there. It it's got a screw in it. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can air this thing up and just drive it. But man, it was just leaking out so fast. Just shh. And I thought, that's not going to work. So you have to get all of the stuff out of the trunk. Her, and her car's a briefcase. She, no. keeps, <laughs> she keeps her stuff in there, you know. That's the way she likes. She likes her stuff. So, I mean, she's got gardening stuff in the trunk, just in case you'll ever need it. Uh, well, I'm telling the truth, right? She's got, she's got extra boots and gloves, blankets. Uh, you know, I don't know what else back there. What is all back there? But anyway, whatever all all, I got it all out of there, you know. I was like... And then I get in and get her jacking and I'm going through that because I can fix I don't have to pray about that. And I have to say, oh, God, I'm so worried about this. I'm going to cast this over on you. There's nothing to worry about. Just fix the thing. But there are things in life we need some help with. Isn't that right? Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, this is what the Lord said to do. He said, casting all your care on me. Right? Casting all your care upon him for he what? He, cares. he does what? He cares. Well, what does that mean he cares for me? He's going to go, oh, man, that's terrible. Sorry you're going through this problem. What does it mean? No, it means if it says he cares for you, he'll do something about it. You know, if, uh, you know, I have a house payment. And if some some stranger, you know, I don't even know, came up and said, hey, just, you know, I'll I'll just, we we don't have coupon books for house payments, right? let's just say we do all right used to right used to and uh well you see how far behind the times i am um let's just say you got a coupon book you know and 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 he says just give it to me you never seen the person before how many know you're gonna you're not gonna trust that right, right? now pastor Chuck comes up to me and he says hey uh Joanne and I want to pay your house off. You know what? I'm finding that book just as soon as I can. It's yours, brother. I'm cast, I'm casting it over on you. <laughs> Amen. But see, what, what what if I what if I do? give him what if I give, what if I give him my coupon book? Guess what? I don't have it now. He's got it. Now the reason why I would sleep well, because this man and this woman are people of integrity, and if they told me they're going to do that, I know they're going to do it. I can go to bed and say. Matter of fact, even if it hasn't been paid off yet, I can go to Pastor Jerry and say, hey, my house just got paid off. Because right. I trust them. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? How many of we have that kind of trust for God? Yes. Amen. Right? Amen. You know? So, uh, so 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 that's what God's saying. Cast your care of now now, you know, if I want to get it back, guess what? I can get it back. Mm-hmm. Now it's back in my possession. I got I gotta take care of myself. But if you cast it over on, on the Lord. See, it's like a friend of mine said one time, he was a minister friend. He, you know, he was having some problems with the city, with his church, you know. I loved what he said, man. It was just really real down to earth. I understood it. You know, and he was having problems with the city, you know. He was building, doing some things in the city. He'd got some things done in his church, you know. Some, some walls put up and stuff. And then the city came and says, it's, got, it's all got to come out. It's all got to come out. Uh, the inspector and all said, it's not fireproof. You've got to tear it all out. He said, Well, we just barely had enough money to put it in there. We can't, we have enough money to tear it out and then put something else back. And so, you know, he said, I went to the Lord about it. You know, it's just one of those deals. You know, you can't do anything about it. You're going to have to have some divine help here. So he goes to the Lord, you know, and he's talking to the Lord about it. He said, He said, I want to tell you something. Either God is a bad catcher or I'm a bad thrower because I'd cast that care over him and he'd come right back. Well, I thought that's reality. A lot of times you have to stick with it, right? You know, sometimes the first time it sticks and sometimes you, you get it back. You know, we used to sing an old song, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. But most people take their burdens to the Lord and to the altar, uh, you know, bring all your needs to the altar. You know, and they just bring them there. But then when they left, they, well, let me get those back. Because really, I mean, you know, it takes faith to trust God's going to do something about it. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, that we which have believed do enter into rest. So if we're going to enter into the rest with the care cast over on the Lord, we're going to have to believe He's going to do something about it. Which means you've got to take your hands off of it. Isn't that right? See, there's things that Phyllis does so much better than me like about 99.8% of things. Now, I do mow the yard better than her because she doesn't mow the yard. She did for me one time a little bit. No, behind the fence. She mowed behind the fence for me one time. I don't even know why you did that for me. But anyway, but... That's why I know there's certain things, if I want them to be right, just cast them over on her and they're going to get done right. Well, I'm not saying as an insult. What are you all looking like? I'm saying that because I know she will take care of it and she will do it right. There's certain things I quit giving my opinion on because I was just wrong so many times. It's like, I'm convinced now, you know, finally. You know, my family is noted for hard, having hard heads. You know, my dad had one, all his siblings, they had, they had one. So I have a little bit of one, but Phyllis has helped a lot because she's proved me wrong so many times. I thought, you yeah, know, my head's just mush. <laughs> it's like a pastor friend of mine told somebody in his church, he said, you know what? He said, if you had two brains, one of them would be lonely. Now, Maybe not the greatest way to counsel people, but anyway, got the point across. I mean, oh, God knows how to... If He said He cares for you, what does that mean He's going to do? He's going to take care of it. Which means we can trust Him, right? Right. Let's close by going to the book of Philippians. So if we're going to enter into this kind of rest, the cares of life off of us, we're going to have to trust that God will do what He said He would do. When He said, casting all your care upon me, for I care for you. The Amplified Bible, you know, says, cast all your worries, your anxieties, and so forth over on him once and for all. Once and for all. So there has to be a point, even though, like my friend, I thought he was funny. I thought he was honest. I, I appreciated what he said. You know, you know he was just e- expressing that he was having a hard time leaving it with God. That's what his expression was. But he eventually got it there, and it got resolved. And he didn't have to tear his walls out and things. Where did I tell you to go? Philippians. Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Praise the Lord for his word, everybody. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, not 2, excuse me, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Got it? Verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. You know, that's an old King James word. Don't be anxious or worried about anything, right? right. So what 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 do we have permission to worry about? Well, Pastor, if it gets bad enough, I mean come on, you gotta have a brain. You don't wanna use your brain. Right? You wanna renew you wanna renew your mind, right? Right, right? See. Now, He said, be careful for what? Nothing. It's like Brother Hagin said one time, Miss Aretha, his wife, said to him, said, You know what? I don't believe you'd worry if me and the kids all fell dead. He said, well, What'd be the point of worrying then? <laughs> I don't know that, that she liked that answer, but anyway. You know, you have to come to the place where you trust God so strong that you know He'll take care of it. That's when you enter into that rest. Right. And that doesn't mean we're irresponsible, right? right. You don't like, you know, oh, I'm just going to trust God to pay my bills. No, get your ink pen out, your checkbook or whatever, and pay them. Right. Don't write faith checks. That's illegal. See, some of you are like, I never heard of that before. Now, will you go back long enough? <laughs> right, Pastor? Yep. And people are like, well, I'm going to write a faith check. Don't you write me none of them. Right. You lawbreaker, are you? <laughs> That's right. You're supposed to have money in the bank. Yep. Well, I'm trusting God. Now, it doesn't work that way. Trust God to get you the money. Amen. Then write the check. Write the check. That's right. It's like one minister. It's it's amazing. I know you guys are all smart and intelligent, and you go to ACE's church, but not everybody is as smart and as intelligent as you are. I'm talking about Christians. Yeah, or else they'd be here, she said. You know, this one minister, he said, You know, I had a guy in my my manager, and he was his office manager, his office, and said he started embezzling money and stealing the money, you know. Well, eventually it showed up, and they called, they, you mean, Look, this is this. This isn't like we forgive you, bro. You can't do this. This is a legal business. This is a, a church that's got to account for this stuff. Right. You can't just let it go. You can't just say, "Oh, we forgive you." Well, we forgive you, but you know, the government doesn't. The IRS doesn't. They're an unforgiving lot. It's like one guy that helps us with helps us with our incorporation, all. He has a saying, you know, with, with our legal stuff. He has a saying, give, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and Caesar will leave thee alone. <laughs> I thought, well, that's mostly true. <laughs> Sometimes Caesar still doesn't leave you alone. But anyway, he had an office manager just, just embezzled thousands of dollars. So he, he had no choice but call the police. There's nothing else you can do. It's like, you know, people don't understand these things. They think, well, the church is supposed to figure... It out. Yeah, but there's legalities. It's like if, if, I, if, if, if I counsel a person, a lady tells me my, my husband, you know, she comes in with a black eye and beat up, I have to call the police. Either that or I go to jail. I'd rather your lousy husband go to jail than me go to jail because any guy that hit a woman is a lousy person. But anyway... Back to my story, he, so he has to call the police. And when they're taking him out, the guy says to him, I can't believe you're doing this. He says, I tithed off every bit of it. <laughs> Some of you will get that. Tithing off and money doesn't sanctify it, honey. <laughs> and you thought pastoring was easy. God's people, God bless them. All right, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. How many things can you worry about? Nothing. But in how many things? Everything. everything. What's everything? everything? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. God must care if He wants you to tell Him about it. Mm-hmm. Right? And he must, you know, prayer and supplication, what's the difference? Well, you know, you, you, you study this out. Basically, prayer, you know, can be a lot of different things like worship and thanksgiving. You can thank God. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. But prayer is like when you really get intent about it, man. I mean, you're supplicating. You got a request and you're, you know, you're serious. It's a little bit more serious prayer. So you, you but, but he says do it with thanksgiving. Now, why with thanksgiving? Because thanksgiving is a statement of faith. It means I believe you're going to do something. See, this is, cast, this is how you cast your care over on the Lord, see? He says, and verse 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, your heart doesn't work right if it doesn't have peace in it. Right. It doesn't work right. You, your heart has to have peace for the Word to, to be fruitful in it. Amen. You have to have peace in your heart. That is exactly why the Bible says... You know, that when you go to prayer, if you have any odd against anybody, forgive them. Because faith's not going to work if there's no peace in your heart. And if you've got unforgiveness towards somebody, there's not peace in your heart. you got to have peace in your heart. Amen. Amen. Which we could go a lot of different directions, but I'm going to close. But, you know, that's one reason why, one of the reasons why you forgive people is because, you know, you, you know even, even people that you know, we don't want to forgive, we forgive them because it helps us. Sometimes it didn't help them any. They don't they didn't even know. But we forgive them because it helps us. Right. So you just don't believe what that old Contra did to me. I mean, if I had a gun, I'd shoot him. I just love the Lord. <laughs> you, you may love the Lord, but you need some help, brother, sister. <laughs> You've got to let that go, right? See, and if we have the, I'm just saying, if we have the, if we allow the cares of life just to flood our life, take a place, rob us of our peace, the word's not working. And then we wonder, why can't I receive this? Why can't I receive my healing? Why can't I receive things? It's because there's other things in your heart that's crowding the word out. And you don't even realize it, see. But you've got to be careful. These cares are dangerous. Just like the, everybody would say, yeah, we know the lust of other things. Yeah, you, you start lusting the wrong things, and man, that's bad. Well, it, you know, it's not even just lusting wrong things, it's just things you put before the Word. Mm-hmm. Oh, we understand the deceitfulness of riches, that's bad. No, all of this is bad. I said all of this is bad. Right. Now notice what else he said. After you've prayed and you've really given it to God, then the peace of God will it'll flood you. But then he said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true... Whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any praise, if there, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think or meditate on these things. Then he tells us, after you've done that, what's, what you allow, what's where you allow your mind to go? Those things which you've both learned and received and heard and seen in me, everybody say do, Amen. and the God of peace will be with you. What's Paul saying? Hey, Paul's saying to the church at Philippi, you've seen me do this. You know I've done this. If you do this same thing, the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Do you know how history tells us the church at Philippi got started? It's pretty interesting. You know, Paul... How many remember reading in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas being in prison? Yes. Backs beaten, feet in stocks, And at midnight... What did they do? They sang praises and they prayed and sang praises unto God. At midnight. Now they're in the inner prison. They're not up where the weight room's at, the cable TV. They put these boys in the hardcore spot in the inner prison. They're in a, they're in a dungeon. They're in a, they're in a bad way. But yet at midnight they pray and sang praises to God And, now listen, the prisoners heard them. So they weren't quiet about it. They were loud about it. And the Bible says an earthquake came, shook the place. The jailer sprang in and said, look, what do I need to do to be saved, guys? That guy, history teaches, Paul led him to the Lord. History teaches that guy became the pastor at the church at Philippi. That's what history. This man, this jailer, was the pastor at the church at Philippi. He was their first pastor. Now, like God. That's the way God would do it, you know what I'm saying. And so when Paul writes to the church at Philippi and says, Do what you've seen me do, the pastor could stand up and say, I saw him do it. He was in prison. Back beat, feet in stocks. And he praised and sang praises unto God. Prayed and sang praises. I saw him cast his care of the Lord. I saw him not worry about things. I saw him do that. And I got saved in my whole house. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul's saying. What you've seen, you've heard, you've heard about it, you've seen it. Do it. God of peace will be with you. I'll tell you, man, you see it in Paul's life. I'm closing, final closing. You see, Paul, it's in the book of Acts where they 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 stoned him for dead. All indications was he was dead. The disciples gathered around him, you know. He's laying there. How many know that's how many know you know what stoned is? I mean I've I've almost been stoned to death, but not that way. Some of you get that. Do you know what it feels like to get hit in the head with a big rock? Would anybody volunteer? I'm sure we can find one out here somewhere. How I many know? He not only got hit in the head; he got hit in the head with multiple big rocks. You know, when they stoned somebody, everybody around got in on the party. I mean, they grabbed stones and threw them at him. And then, and so Paul is. I mean, he's bruised, he's beat, he's bloodied, he's. I mean, he's a mess. And uh, the disciples stand around him and the power of God raises him up. The next day, he goes back into that city and preaches. That's a guy who's got his care cast over on the Lord. If not, he would have never went back in there. But He thought, you know, this is where God told me to be. I'm going back in that city. Hallelujah. So the cares of this life, they come at all of us. But look, hey, we don't want them to enter in and get a place that they don't belong. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.